Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor at the Altamont Enterprise, and we have with us this morning Darlene Stanton. Welcome, Darlene. Good morning to you too, Melissa. Thank you for having me today. Well, the reason I invited Darlene is because she sent an email, as she often does, many, many activities that she's been running for years as through the auxiliary at the local post of the Veterans of Foreign War. And this was a chicken and biscuit dinner, which is great, no? And then she had a little sentence in there, sort of like, by the way, I'm going to be named the head of the Department of New York VFW Auxiliary President. So I thought, okay, (laughs) this is exciting. Let's hear all about it. So, Darlene, I know it's hard to start at the beginning, but when when did you start on this path that has led you to be the president? My path started when I saw my friend Terry McGar in start installed as our state president, and I said someday I'm going to be there. And it's working on it. In June 9th, I will be installed as the Department of New York Auxiliary um, President. So. Department of New York, I'm not really up on the lingo. That means the whole state of New York. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so the country is divided into different departments according to each state? Is that how it works? Every state has their own department. I see. And do you have even a rough idea of how many members there are in the New York department? In New York, we have over 9,000. We're hoping for 10,000 members with uh, recruitment this year. And are these all women? No, they're not. Okay. Um, Two years ago, uh, Congress decided that they would allow us to allow males in our auxiliaries because many of the members, the males don't go into the service, but we now have many, many, many women serving in the armed forces and uh, Army, Navy, Coast Guard, Marines, everybody's got them. All five branches. And it was... It wasn't fair that we didn't allow their families to join as we did for the male members of our armed forces. That sounds right. So right here in Altamont, do you have male members in your auxiliary? Yes, we do. Oh, cool. Yeah, and and the first two children were the the children of our uh, president, Patty Hagrid. Yeah, so tell me a little... Um, I went through the many, many times you've been in our newspaper for all <laughs> kinds of things. But I'd like to kind of start with your your growing up and your personal life, because I know when I was writing the obituary for your mother, so many people talked about <clears throat> just how you came from a family of service. Just tell me a little about your life growing up and I, how... I, I did, uh, starting with my grand, my mother's mother. Um, she was a private cook for the governor of New York till she till he moved on to be our I think he was our senior our, our command, senior commander in chief and everything that they did worked around helping others and mommy just brought me along and you got so used to doing stuff for and and at that point you didn't know that they were veterans but they were just people in our neighborhood who needed help elderly people people who were hurt or people who were poor, we would, and we grew up poor ourselves, but you always gave, you always gave what you had, and it just continued on, and then the more things we got into when we moved to Clarksville, then we became involved with uh, the Nescotal Fire Department. Um, I was riding an ambulance with my dad, he was an EMT, and um, Frank Latham, and they taught you to, um, 
to do things to help other people, whether it be emergency stuff, medical stuff, or just something that they needed in the community. Uh, our house was kind of like the center. If anybody got hurt, people came to our house. Um, you needed to have fun, come hang out. They came to our house. You needed help, they came to our house. And you learned to help the people in your neighborhood um, because there are others that were a whole lot less fortunate than we were. So you help people, and you do it in a way that lets them know that they're, you're giving it from your heart, not because you have to, uh, because they accept it better, because so many people don't want help, they need help. And it's always been what I've done, and through the years, and then I joined, I got married, and I actually did, we did volunteer stuff in school, too, because I worked with the police department and fire departments. And when I got married, I married a veteran. He was uh, Art Stan, and he was a... Vietnam veteran, three years in Nam, three tours, and his eligibility is what got me into the VFW. And when they found out that I could cater, Dolly Roberts said, Darlene, would you like to join the auxiliary? As I was in the ho- at my, my hospital bed when I had pneumonia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She goes, hey, she goes, can you so write me So she got you while you were down. She did. She <laughs> says, can you write me a letter um, stating that you'll accept any position that we nominate you for? And I said, Okay. <laughs> Little did I know that they were going to make me their senior vice, and a couple months later, um, our president moved, so I became their president for like the next 10 years. It's, uh, it's a, and through what we did there, lots of stuff. Yes, well, as I say, I have this whole sheaf of papers in front of me on just a handful of the many things you've done. But one article that stood out, it was actually written by my daughter, it was at Christmas time, and you had told her. Every soldier needs a Christmas elf. And you were in the midst of this drive to pack up, you know, goods to send to soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. We did that. And you mentioned in there this idea that part of your motivation, and I'm hoping you can expand and talk to us a little about this, came from your husband's service in Vietnam where he felt when he came home unappreciated. Can you just talk a little about that now? Oh, yeah, that, that, that was a big deal. You know, not just from my husband, but from many people that we, many soldiers that I know that are Vietnam veterans. When they came home, people spit on them, they throw things at them, they call them some really, really not nice names, they call them baby killers. And the day that I started doing the project, I brought stuff home, and my husband said to me, Why are you doing that? And I said to him, I said, Why should we repeat others' mistakes? I said, do you want us to do to these soldiers what they did to you? I said, I don't think that's right. I said, no matter what you think, I said, this is my project, and I'm going to do it. And our project, and it wasn't just my project, but we started it from our BFW, and we did amazing things with that. I had people, I had corporate sponsors, I had people in the neighborhood, our churches, our organizations, um, all told, with all the food and all the, the things we sent over the many years that we did it, we, we did like a half a million dollars worth of stuff. And people would help. I was, I'd was i be in the grocery store. I was in Walmart's one time, and I had like three carts full of stuff. Walmart's was very generous to me. Um, and I'm, I'm doing this stuff, and these people said, can you tell me why you're buying all this stuff? I said, well, I said, we send packages over to our soldiers. And they said, we'd like to pay for that. I said, wow, thank you. I said, I deeply appreciate it. I said, my soldiers will love you. And you know, that happened many times when people saw what you were doing. They were very supportive of helping our soldiers overseas. And they still are today. 
So, over the years, have you noticed, how many years have you been involved in the auxiliary? Um, Over 30 years. 30 years. So, have you noticed patriotism growing in that time? Have you noticed? No. 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 The last time that I saw an amazing display of patriotism was 9-11. Everybody flew their flags for Memorial Day and Veterans Day that year. And then the next year, little less and less. And after that, and now barely you, you see those ones who are very patriotic and will always support what we do for our nation. They don't come out to the parades anymore. Days when I was a child, we lived in Albany. Albany streets from the parade route used to go from Partridge Street all the way down past the Capitol to the foot of the hill at the end of State Street. And today... You're lucky that you could fill maybe six blocks with people, and that's sparse. sparse. And yet, they do fill all those blocks for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. What yes, is they it? Do. That, what do you attribute that to? What? Why do you think I don't think, think they understand is? it. Uh, they don't teach it in school anymore. They, some teachers, they're amazing, and they do. But a lot of, they don't put a lot of this stuff in their curriculum. They don't know that what World War One and World War Two and Korea and Vietnam did to keep to give them the things that they have today. They have no appreciation that these men and women gave their lives, their time, gave up their families for months and years to make sure that they had freedoms to do what they do today. And yeah, they have their freedoms, and they just don't care that how they got them. And there's just, there's no respect. I wonder what causes that blindness to history. I was just reading um, a survey of millennials that found two-thirds didn't recognize Auschwitz, what it was. I mean, what what do you think causes that sort of blindness to history? Because many people don't believe in war, so they're not going to promote what you did to save our country because you had to go to war. And they just don't bring it into the curriculum. They don't think it's proper to do, to teach your children about war. Well, you're teaching them about war because it's what it what it's what created the lifestyle that they have today, the freedoms that they have, the right that you can go out to do something or not do something, have a choice. And it just it really bothers me that that doesn't happen. One of the things your post does is um, Loyalty Day, which is very unusual. And I know part of that involves children because you always have prize-winning essayists yes, come forward and read it. So tell us a little about Loyalty Day and, and how that you started that here, uh, right? Uh, your, I did not your post start that. Did. You yeah, being your uh, post. Nellie, Nellie Roberts, yeah, yeah, our post did. There's actually, we're one of the only... The only post in our area we do, and I know the Colony Post up on uh, Rifle Range Road, are the only two in our area that I knew that do. Excuse me, that I know that do Loyalty Day. Um, we love Loyalty Day. Nellie Roberts was like the queen of our Loyalty Days, and <laughs> she did some amazing things. Um, if if many if people were like her and the people that are in our post and in the American Legion, the world would be a better place because they don't forget. And that's our whole thing. You have to honor and remember, and you don't forget. So when we do Loyalty Day, we try to pick um, themes for every year when we start to do stuff. Uh, One year we started with um, 
we found eight Iwo Jima survivors. I said, oh, wow. And that was the first year of our theme. I said, we got eight Iwo Jima survivors, it's, which is amazing. Because even back then, they were back in their hmm, late 70s, early 80s. And, uh, so and now they're in their 90s. Yeah, they are. And we still have most of them with us. And we actually found a whole lot more and brought them into a fold. But we can talk about them. So when we were doing the loyalty days, we started... Um, with essays from our students because we wanted to wonder our future and we wanted them to have the opportunity to let us know what they think. So we give them a particular theme every year for them to write in the fifth grade and we've had some absolutely amazing ones. Um, You can see that Altamont School really promotes what patriotism is. It could be something simple as, who's your hero? Who's my favorite hero? Um, what is a veteran? Uh, how to honor a veteran? Honor, to honor a veteran, was one of, that was one of my favorites. The girl that won that was great. We actually had um, Jason Burlingame. Uh, he did an he did essay for us. He won an essay. And then we put him in, when he got older, into the Voice of Democracy, which we promote from our post, which is also goes straight up to a national level. He won first place for the, for the state of New York, which was amazing. Yeah, he was very, he was just he was so like his father and his grandfather. It's like, it's so calm and cool and collected. And they, but you, they understand, I think he did a lot from, especially what they do with the funeral home. You know, they have many, many vets that go through there, and they see the honor and, and what they have done. But they get lost because there's schools. We've tried to get other schools to participate, and they just don't. They don't for the programs that we have for VFW, which we do Voice Democracy, Patriots Pen, and Patriots Art for all different levels um, of age groups. And you can't get people to help you. Voorheesville will never work with us. Um, we went up on the hill. Um, Burnox Westlow was very good work about doing things with us. And uh, some of the schools, oh, we don't have time to put it in our curriculum. And I think it's sad. It's sad that because they don't want it, that they don't allow the children to do it. So that we've been trying to work around doing that so that we help create that feeling again because it would be really, really nice to have a parade, which we don't have anymore because... Yeah, Altamont canceled its parade last year, right? Yes, we did because, um, first of all, veterans should not have to put on their own own parade to honor themselves. It's not fair. And you the, mean they are the ones that should be honored? That's right. I see. What you're we saying. we have done them for years and years and years. We have put them together between the American Legion and the VFW. We switch off every year. We still all work together, but it's just hosted at each different place. Mm-hmm. And the village of Altamont, um, they keep taking. They kept taking away more money and more money on what they were giving us. And uh, at the end of the day, nothing. They don't want to help. They didn't. All we did was ask them to take over doing the parade, mm-hmm. so that our veterans could enjoy doing what they enjoy being honored for that day. And they didn't care enough to do that. And I think it's absolutely sad. So, do you have among your? How would you describe the group of veterans that are in your post? Are they mostly, because as you're pointing out, the World War II veterans, where I think the post was founded, right? Mm-hmm. They must have. Largely aged out. I mean, yes, they died. Have, but we still have some amazing ones. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. oh. one of my favorites is uh, Bud Monroe. 
him, poor Beidelman. Um, trying to think of the other ones we have. So you still have some World War II yeah, veterans. We have World so War II, we have Korea, yeah. we have Vietnam. And I'm wondering, do any of the younger vets, the people that have come back from Iraq and Afghanistan, are they, because we have a reporter doing a story right now on just fraternal organizations and how the membership has fallen, you know, like the Masons and the Elks and things. And I'm wondering if it's the same with your organization. It's largely the older members that are carrying it on as opposed to... And that's true. Although we have seen an influx of younger uh, members in our post, which is absolutely what they do a great job, both from the VFW part and from the auxiliary. So you do have some from oh, the yes, current we wars. Do. Oh, yes, that's we great. Do. Yes, we do. We do. We have Afghanistan, Iraq, Desert Storm. It, and they uh, they come they come when they can. Yeah. They do when they can, and they if we don't see them all the time, they come and help do the events that we do. And that's absolutely wonderful because life gets in the way. They have families, and it's hard. Right, because you've talked quite a bit about all the service you do for others, but I was wondering about, I remember you are saying to me once about your husband that he just loves going there to the post and mm-hmm. seeing friends and talking. So tell us a little about that aspect of it, not the service out for others, but what the post does sort of for the community that of themselves. It serves. Yeah. It's a place to go where they, they talk about their service. They, they kid, they... They just enjoy each other's company because they all know. It's almost like a peer counseling because each of them know that if anybody has a problem that they help them take care of it. And veterans tend to uh, work better with veterans. And they do an amazing job. Somebody has a problem, you know, they'll, they'll start talking. And maybe this one might join in or it might be just those two. But it's the best place to go for help. Some people, uh, and it doesn't have to be especially PTSD, it's just memories of what you did during war and how it affected you. It, uh, it's terrible. It, it, and they try to help them in the hospital, and it's very hard sometimes because they don't understand. If, if you're giving them, like, like if you came to you and they said, well, you know, I had this problem, and they're telling you about it happened, and you don't understand because you weren't there. Going to war is a different situation than walking across the street, having a parking, having an accident here. It's what you do over there. You put your life on the line. You sign that blank check that says, I will give you my all. And some of them come back damaged. Um, They work through it. Unfortunately, back in World War II, they didn't recognize it. And today they do, and it's slowly working. But there's people out there who need help. And VFW tries very hard to help them with that, to get them where they, they, they can get the help they need. We have peer to peer, we have group stuff, and it's a good thing because they know where, that they can go there and they can get that help. And if we can't get them help, we find them where we can get some help. It's, uh, and of course, they just like to just have fun and talk about the things they did and the crazy things they did in the service. and. Because even though you're there and you're protecting our country, you still have to <laughs> you still have to have fun, and they did. So, tell us a little about here in Altamont, the post, the role that the auxiliary plays. I mean, the role that the auxiliary plays is we stand behind our service members. We stand beside behind them, beside them. They actually we stand beside them, not behind them, and that's how they have uh, they have treated us. 
we help put together the dinners. We do the dinners, and the guys come down and help, and the women too. And we just um, we work together because we we're, we're, we support all the programs that we that we create through the both the VFW and the auxiliary because some of them overlap. So you're raising funds to help other veterans. Uh, we, there's a house over for house for Christopher over in Troy that they're trying to get off the ground that helps both um, women soldiers and their children so that they have a place to go. They do runs for the Gold Star Mothers. Uh, Madam, matter of fact, the Gold Star Mothers are my project this year. Oh, I was meant, I, it's on my list of things to ask you about because I remember some very moving, you had a tea once for the Gold Star yeah. Mothers. Just tell us, some of our listeners might not even know what it means, Gold Star, so just tell us a little about that. A Gold Star Mother is a, ch- is a mother who has lost her child during war as a KIA or after war during due to... Um, injuries that he re- that he or she received during wartime, and they have a, an organization called the American Gold Star Mothers, and we were honored to have two of the funniest ones was Carm Hilton, and who our post is named for her son, and Marge Gilbert. Um, I know we had another one at this time. I just don't remember what her name was, but they were the two that were most active with us, mm-hmm. and they were just funny ladies. Um, the Gold Star Mothers are amazing, amazing women. They have endured something no mother should, yet they continue to honor their children by helping other soldiers. And they do a great job. I was just at their Gold Star Mothers dinner. We had uh, they had a state their state convention this past weekend, and they had two Vietnam moms there, Marie Latissore and Dorothea Rockensteyer, both beautiful women, both in their nineties, and still actively doing what they all do is helping each other and their soldiers and their friends and. Well, it must be similar to what you were describing about the men in combat being able to do peer counseling because here are mothers that have a pain, as you say, no mother should have to endure, but a particular one coming from war, and maybe by dealing with the other mothers, they get some solace. They are do they? They are an amazing group of women. They they're always there for each other. Um, because just like the soldiers, you're right. They nobody understands. Well, do you think in Altamont that uh, people might sort of maybe listen to this and wake up and do the parade again? Would that help, or is that just that dead now awesome. for good? Because I think it's so sad that it had to go away. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for us to do stuff, and then, like I said, you shouldn't have to pay for your own your own. Parade. You shouldn't have to put it all together. You shouldn't have to do all the work. The community as a whole should be honoring our veterans, and many of the communities do. Well, do you think that there's been, because in World War II, almost everybody served, you know? Mm-hmm. There was a draft, but there was also the sense of you know, but wanting, even, and now it's almost like the people that join the military are a separate Part. I mean, do you feel that at all? Like even, even back then, still only 1% of our entire population is military. 1%. That's it. And they just don't go in anymore. I personally think that they should have. Just for the just for the kids today, um, I think they should have, just like other countries, do you have to go in the service and serve for two years? 
and you have to learn like that. There's a, they, they teach them to respect. They teach them to well, train. It would certainly make us that. very less likely to go to war so easily, I think, if you everyone do. were yes. um, part of it rather than just those who... Yeah, they've got to do something to make it better or try to create a, a different atmosphere in life itself, not just for the military, but for our whole community and all the population. It's got to, it's got to get better, and it's not... They have all these stabbings and shootings and all this stuff. And why? You know, teach your kids. You have to teach them respect, and they don't, they don't have that anymore. They don't have the discipline from a parent. They don't have the discipline from school. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, our time went so fast. Do you have any parting thoughts? Anything that was really essential for you to have people here that we didn't get to touch on? I just think that uh, the Gold Star Mothers are going to be my special project this year. So we're going to do uh, some, we have these beautiful pins that we made for them, and you can be purchased from me. But in either April or May of next year, we are hoping to have a massive motorcycle run with all of the combat vets, the American Legion riders, Patriot Guard riders, uh, and anybody else that would like to join us do this just huge run to raise funds for them. And it, uh, and at the end of the year, I just want to make my leave it in a better spot than when I received it. And knowing you, I'm sure you will. <laughs> thank you, Darlene. I have one thing to say. I would oh, like yes. to say thank you for the absolutely amazing obituary that you did for my mother. <laughs> well, she was. It an was amazing gorgeous. Woman. They they loved it. I passed out copies of it at her. She was an amazing woman. And I'll never forget, we had this front page picture of the two of you kissing. And it was, you had raised all this money. I think it was for cancer. Yeah, I was the cancer chairman for that that year. That was it. And she, your mother herself, was battling cancer. And and they made the donation in her name. Yes, they did. And that was just a, a really great moment. Yeah, so it was, that was our president, Jane Reap, that donated it. Yeah. Well, we salute your mother. We and do. we'll end on that sad but really important note. Yes. Thank you, Darlene. She'll be with me.